0: Nailed it! Uh, I was, a, yeah. It was so far <laughs> most of recording uh, talking businessly is a rhythm game. Uh, so Joel, you said you played rhythm games. Is that more like a Dance Dance Revolution or is that
1: like a Hi-Fi Rush? Neither. We okay, are a Nintendo you... household, so oh. like a lot of like WarioWare games and like oh, yeah. Japanese named games. There's Very one cool. with like all these drums.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh so. yeah. I they just...
1: have those drum games in
2: arcades in Japan oh so yeah it's cool there will be guys who are like their whole life is dedicated to being really good at the drum game <laughs> and you wear the special gloves because they play so much they gotta yeah, protect yeah, their yeah. hands. Yeah, yeah yeah that's true yeah. do they bring Congrats, their own yeah. sticks
1: like
0: everything yeah. no no they use <laughs> okay. the i think they use the communal sticks yeah <laughs> um i really enjoyed i just finished super mario wonder which was just delight mm. start to finish i love a 2d mario mario and um there was a uh, no spoilers, but there are some key moments in the game where they suddenly turned it into a rhythm game, and nice. it's like it's very very cool. Um, the geniuses over at Nintendo, they just don't miss. Um, there there was a uh, Daniel and I were at a Super Bowl party with some of his friends, uh, and one of their uh, precocious children uh, was like wa- wandering around the the party um, asking rhetorical questions, and um. <laughs> I think Daniel was a little bit annoyed, but I was just blown (laughs) away because every time they asked a question, I would turn and I would go, huh, that's a pretty good question. Like one of their, one of their questions was, um, was, uh, they said, what happens if nobody runs for president? I was like, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, and then 10 (laughs) minutes later, they they said, they said, if, uh, if you have poison and it expires, does it become not poisonous or more poisonous?
1: well a valid then, question
0: yeah and then the the final question they asked which was uh, what made me think of this is they turned to me at one point we hadn't been talking about video games they had no reason to believe i played video games and they go do you think the reason nintendo is so good is because they're the only console company that does nothing but make consoles and hmm. i was like they're basically the only video game or the only console company right. that only makes video games and i was like that's a very interesting question i i would I'd believe you if you told me that it's (laughs) true. Uh, But I'm not sure what to tell you, small child. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. So we've got a
2: guest. If you haven't noticed, listener, if you're (laughs) a listener, there's a third (laughs) voice on the pod. Um, (sighs) We've got Joel Claremont. Joel, you want to tell the people who you are?
1: I am Joel Claremont. You just said it. No, I mean, I I do Laravel stuff and I have a podcast called No Compromises. And I don't know. I just like hanging out on the internet. I mean. That's about mm-hmm. it.
2: And notably, Joel is a member of uh, the Super Secret Group Chat. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> and yeah, In the Super Secret Group Chat, we often discuss like
0: pricing strategies. That's yeah. like one of the perennial topics. Can, um, I, can I also say before we get into the pricing that um, part of my introduction to Joel was that uh, you invited him to the server to play Pecking Order with us, which is the game that we oh, yeah. made together, uh, which is really fun. And he was a great sport and a good tester. And then when I was doing the Kickstarter for my uh, for my card oh, right. game, there was this like incredible moment where I was like really on edge because with like a week left, there was just like a little bit left to go. Um, and Joel, <laughs> Joel sent me a DM with a link to a loom and he <laughs> yep. was like, he was like, I was just, I opened it up and realized you weren't quite there yet. And I just, I'm, I'm just sending you a screen recording. I'm changing my, I'm changing my, uh, contribution to the exact amount you need to get to That's your right. goal. Uh, and it was awesome because right afterwards, like a bunch of stuff trickled in. Cause I think a lot of people wait until it's at that level. So anyway, oh, wow. I would message Daniel. I was like.
1: Joel is the ultimate sweetheart. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was Thanks. out for a walk, like listening to you guys talk about it. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like this should have been funded by now. So, and I, and like you said, I plenty. had already done it, but yeah, uh, that yeah. was fun.
0: That was very fun. I appreciated that. Lovely. Anyway, we we've been talking for a long time about our panel of mentors. And, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and one of the things Daniel and I talked about with the panel of mentors was we should really have somebody else who runs an agency and uh, somebody who has interesting ideas about that. Somebody who's, like, ideally, it would be great to talk to somebody who's in the Laravel world. And um, we wanted to talk to you. And also, I think, like, we the day, early on when we were discussing pricing model stuff, uh, we talked at length about what you guys are doing and why we like it. Um, and I don't think we want to do the exact same thing, but mm-hmm. I thought it'd be maybe a good place to start is, like, you talk about what you guys are doing with pricing yeah. and then We can get into it from there
1: yeah and and, like
2: and how you arrived there would be yeah 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 Yeah. tell us a story
1: sure sure and and i'll just uh, spoiler alert i'm not even sure it's what we want to (laughs) do like (laughs) i I, I view this as an experiment right And, and so far it's going okay but there there are definitely some downsides that we can talk about too so i don't know let's see probably the good place to start the story is like before 2012 i owned an agency, not with Aaron, with my current partner, but with, with somebody else, and I had done that for 10 plus years and we had developers and the whole thing, and I just, I just really stopped liking it because it it got to the point where it was more business stuff and less coding. And I, I actually enjoyed development and so I, I was able to exit that and, um, go back out on my own and that was actually the genesis of the name no compromises because I had Mm. I had like like sort of wrote my own little manifesto of things I definitely never wanted to do again um and so so far I've stuck to that and one of them is like not having an agency but I I guess I'll just I'll just clarify that like I don't ever want to get in a position where I'm forced to like run a business versus doing the stuff that I enjoy doing Mm. so anyways um when I when I left that previous company and started my own again i i was doing hourly billing which i think is probably the most traditional way of doing it and it was funny because like the hourly billing piece of it was a little bit of a rebellion against what my former partner did was which was fixed bid prices and i'm like mm-hmm. i kind of came full circle on this but he he's like no it's easier to sell you just tell him we're gonna build them a five-page website and it's two thousand bucks and you know and I just, I hated that. I'm like, well, things take longer. You know, that's fine for your WordPress sites. But like when I'm building a custom app, I don't know if it's right. going to take hundred hours or 50 hours or 2000 hours. Like, so anyways, started hourly, you know, you, you kind of slowly ratchet up your rates. You sort of find the sweet spot. And then, then I had this epiphany of value-based pricing and fixed bid pricing and kind of experimenting with those. And did that for maybe the next five to six years. And then last year, Do you want to just define real quick for anyone who doesn't mm -hmm. know like
0: what you mean by value-based pricing?
1: Yeah, the, the, the main idea with value-based pricing is it's less, the price you arrive at is not purely a factor of how long it's going to take. Right. It's not just saying, I think it's going to take a thousand hours. My rate for this hour is that. And so it's, it's multiplication. That's sort of like, you might think of that as like the floor of what price you would offer. But th- the, where the value-based pricing comes in is like, what is the value to the customer? And Great. so like an extreme example of this is I-, I had a customer, like this was one of my first value-based projects where they-, they do a lot of shipping. They ship physical goods and they would constantly get these like shipping exceptions where some employees somewhere would type in an address wrong. And they'd have to pay like 30 bucks to recall the package mm-hmm. and like redirect it. And it was like a customer service thing. And so I, I like just heard about this in a meeting one day and I'm like, well, how many of those do you have? Well, I don't know, you know, like a few hundred a month. So like right away, I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, address verification is a bit of a solved problem. I think we can make this better. <laughs> and so I just said, well, you know, what if I could fix that for you? Well, how much? How, how? And I, I'm like, I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. But I said, what? based on what you told me, if I could solve this for like $5,000, would it be worth it? And they're like, oh, it'd be absolutely worth it. And so when I went to do it, I think it took me less than ten hours, and I'm like, right. "This is really nice." And so, it, it also—it's not just about me making more money, but it's like kind of lasering in on what what is the thing that they need. I know yeah. you guys talk a lot about this, right? What is the problem we're solving? And figuring that out before you start drawing wireframes and writing code generally leads to a better outcome. So, that's the value base. The fixed pricing is just—it's not—it's—it's it's a number. The number doesn't change the number can be good for me. It can be bad for me. So it's a little bit of a a gamble there, but that's, that's sort of where I landed on that, that phase two of pricing experiment.
0: Well, and I'd also say just as a quick pause is like that you mentioned, like, uh, sure that might, the fixed, the fixed project pricing might work for you for like Mm -hmm. a little WordPress site, but not for something that's more (laughs) complex. I'd say even in our experience, like even the little simples, you know, uh, like cms make it look yeah. pretty thing like there's a long long tail of potential little needs requests changes and we mm-hmm. just ran into this where like i had to you know tell a client hey like we've been doing little fiddly things for you for two months like we can't right. do anymore and they had no. to you know and then they had to start paying our hourly rate to finish it because it was just like we delivered what we said we were going to deliver but Um, and it totally is up to the basic requirements of what we said we were going to do, but like you just want, you happen to want more changes and you kind of like have more of a design opinion now that you're looking at it. And it's like, that's like, that can happen even on the simplest project. So Mm. true. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, And that was such a rinky dink little
0: project uh, too. It was our
2: most rinky dink project. (laughs) It was like, it was
0: like not very much money, not very much profit, and we were just sort of like, oh, we'll just kind of pad it out with this and it ended up
1: like causing a substantial amount of stress. Uh, mm. yeah. yeah, that's no good. And the value thing too, like having that conversation up front becomes a bit of a litmus test when you get a change request. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. how is that solving the problem by making that button yellow? Like, do we need to do that? Like yeah. you said you wanted to solve this address verification thing. If the button's yellow or green, it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. So... It's still That's a bit of a nuanced conversation, but it does help with that.
2: Totally. So I'm like intrigued by value-based pricing. Mm. I I've only had people try and pitch me on it. Okay. I've never tried to pitch someone on it, but yeah. I've been the recipient of the pitch. Yeah. Um, from people who were doing it ham-fistedly because <laughs> they had like watched one right. talk about it, you know. Yeah. And so. You know, like, I'm trying to hire, like, a contract developer for something. And they're like, well, what would you say this is worth to you? And I'm like, uh, brother, <laughs> just, right. you know, I've also seen the talk. Yeah. You're not going to value-based price me right now. Give me yeah. your hourly rate. That's right. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay, here's my hourly rate. You know, it's it just, like, he just kind of, like, sheepishly was like, I thought I'd give it a shot. It yeah, work. why not? <laughs> you know, because, like, I don't know. I just, I've never, I've never, like, felt a situation like I the story you're telling makes sense where it's like yeah. I'm already embedded in this company doing something else yeah. mm-hmm.
0: and then like something which, comes up which is I'm gonna like... be the the first time we make the pitch Daniel by the way because that exact <laughs> sure. situation is coming up right now for the thing we can't oh, really? talk about well just oh. that our, our our most interesting opportunity on the horizon is something where we could solve something at an hourly rate but like the problem it would solve for the company is like hundreds of thousands of dollars um, so yes. it's like we and might we might be coming of up on of dollars of hours, right? We <laughs> nope. we might come up on that problem soon, or so yeah. it would be interesting.
2: Yeah, but yeah, so I don't know. I just but like for the introductory conversation, where you're mm-hmm. like, hey, a client comes to you, they're like, hey, I have a thing I want to do, you know, yeah, like I I want to build, uh, you know, some variety of custom CRM because right. that's all that apps are, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh. How do you how do you start that conversation? You're like, how much is this worth to you? They're like, I yeah. don't know. You certainly <laughs> yeah. you, you
1: don't start the conversation with that for sure. Like, so you just try and suss it out or something. Yeah, uh, it, it it is. Uh, there's not like a, a set formula. Um, one thing I'll say, the, the the person I don't know have you heard of Jonathan Stark? He he does yeah, a lot I think of this. This stuff. must be the guy. I've seen okay. the talk. Yeah,
2: so it must be this guy. So
1: he's the one who kind of put it on my radar. And so like a lot of the stuff I'm saying. Are like ideas regurgitated from him but but anyways he, he has this thing that he calls the why conversation which is like when you first are on a sales call you really should not even be trying to selling being try to sell to them you are trying to figure out like why are they doing this mm-hmm. and an aspect of that like there, there's like I, I forget all the specifics but it's like why why do you need to do this why do you need to do it now why are you coming to me and not doing xyz and and, and so I bring that up because eventually that, that might lead you to the value, but the other thing it will do, it will tell you right away, does this person like actually want to engage with somebody at that level? Or do they just want a programmer, right? Like, yeah, because you cannot value base price, something to somebody that just wants a a programmer, right? Like if they could put this on Upwork and be happy with the result, it's probably not going to be worthwhile to try to go down that road. So totally. we have lost projects just because they're like why are you asking me this we just want you to build this web app like what's going on here and so it doesn't it's a bit of a red flag to me it doesn't have to be you know this is kind of like um opinion but that that is part of it and so i'll generally if you have like a 30 to 45 minute conversation about why they want to do stuff and, and they talk about the problem and not the solution you get a read on like, is this an ego thing? Like, oh, we want a mobile app because our competitor has it. Or is it like, actually, we need this for a trade show because we're launching this product and it's going to, there's like a tangible outcome. So um, that that's kind of why that conversation is valuable. And I will sometimes just straight up ask, like, what is the budget for this? So that's not even a value question, but it's like a, a proxy for value. Because right. if they say their budget is 50000 that tells me, well, the value's got to be more than that, right? They'd be kind of silly to say the budget right. is fifty and it's not worth that to them. So, right. it's it, it, the other thing too is like you can always change scope. Like you guys think about this a lot, I'm sure. We can solve a problem at that high level, but maybe we don't need to. So, if you tell me your budget's five thousand, maybe that's not a no. Maybe that's just like, well, what's the simplest thing we could do to like right. experiment with it? So, right. Yeah which is funny also cuz as a side note that is how
0: companies should already be thinking um yeah. it's just that it's interesting it's like uh like outside programmers or like freelancers agencies whatever have to think like that um mm-hmm. but like really it's like it companies should be thinking like that too to yeah. think just like cuz it's like for us to go sort of like navel gates about the problem for a month and then like put some of our best people on like building a kind of over-engineered solution to it. It's like, if you break down how much those people are making, you are like, you are doing an incredibly expensive solution, uh, where you could have done the like $5,000 solution anyway. Well, could you talk a little bit, like, I'm very Mm -hmm. interested in, I want to talk about what I like so much about what you guys are trying now, but do you want to talk about why you went away from value pricing into what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, it so with the value pricing approach, we tended to do a smaller number of larger projects. Hmm. And so there is always this inevitable period where, all right, project's wrapping up, what's next? You know, and if something's lined up, great, no big deal. But if something's not, you kinda you guys you get a little moment of panic, like, oh what you know, what's next on the horizon? And mm-hmm. so um, that was one reason. The second reason is we just kind of backed into this subscription model, um, which is where we're at now, because we would finish that big project. And maybe that client didn't have a second big project, but they, they had a whole bunch of things they wanted to do that right. weren't in scope. And so I, instead of like quoting project after project, we, we had a couple of clients who were just like, Hey, if, if we just give you a budget, you know, 2500 bucks a month. Like, can we just like keep working on this at whatever pace makes sense? Cuz we already had trust. They knew we we were going to do what we said, we'd deliver things. They didn't they weren't worried we we're just going to like be billing them and not doing anything. And so, it was kind of those two things combined where it's like, well, maybe there's a way to actually just start an engagement like that, you know, at uh, here's a fixed monthly amount. We don't have to have the sales process. Like you still need to have the conversations about what you're building. But it's it's a lot easier, even like in the pre-qualification stage. You you guys probably deal with this where you think you're having a great conversation, and then you just realize, oh, they have no money. Like this is never going to happen because they're just so far off. But like if you have a price on your website, boom, here's what our yeah, monthly right. rate is. It, it weeds out a lot of that stuff. But those were the those were the two main things that made us switch, and we kind of did it in secret for most of 2023. Transitioned existing clients over. Any new clients that were starting up, we just said, oh, this is how we work. And it wasn't until like December of 2023 that we actually announced it and put it on our website. And since yeah. then, we've had some decent results from it too.
0: Well, And I just, I love the simplicity of it. Like it also, it's funny because like your website, it like looks like you're selling a SaaS. <laughs> like it's this sort of like uh, recurring revenue, like uh, yeah. pricing tiers. But like it's essential, part of what is so like, brazen and awesome about it is that uh there's just like no discussion about scope of work or hours All right um and you've you've basically like gotten around those two conversations and what the way it read to me and i don't know if this is what you intended but the way it read to me was it was this incredibly confident pitch that basically says um is it 2500 is that the number is that 7500 no. so, sorry so 7500 yeah, 7, we,
1: we were doing five thousand in twenty twenty three, and we, we realized that was not enough for for so like you, the level. You, of you work just said twenty five hundred, and that went into my head. Yeah, yes. okay. no, so that's that, that was like our first maintenance yeah. contract. I think was twenty yeah. five hundred. So 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 then it's
0: just like it's just like you pay this amount, and you can assign us one ticket at a time, yep. and we will do the ticket, and we will get it done, and that's it. And mm-hmm. like, if you at any point are unhappy with this, you unsubscribe. If you try Great. this for one month and you hate it and you aren't happy with what you get, you get your money back. And it's no. just this, there's this incredible confidence in the pitch. It's like, look, you're gonna be happy with us. Like, we're good at this. If you just give us a well-scoped ticket, it's gonna get done, mm-hmm. it's gonna get done well. And like, I I, I I like that so much because we have been, driving away from like hourly conversations in Mm -hmm. a lot of places. And we don't really do anything nowadays where we commit to a scope of work and just say, Oh, the scope of work is worth $20,000. That's just not something that we do anymore. And so it's, it's interesting because all of our clients are happy with us and are getting an amount of work that they're happy with. Um, and, no one is like asking us for time sheets because no one is questioning whether or not we're working hard because they get a work product, which mm-hmm. is good. So like in that sense, it's like funny because it's like this whole idea of like timesheets, estimating tickets, velocity, all this different stuff. It's like, <laughs> no. no, it's it's bullshit. Like if you right. get the thing, it what do you care about any of the rest of it? Like you got the thing. Right. So I I always looked at that, I was like, that is so cool because that like embodies something about that. That's just like you pay money. I do work. You don't know when I work. I'm not giving you a timesheet. There's nothing in the contract about a scope of work. I just do work, and if you're unhappy, you fire me. But people don't fire us because they're always happy. Like that's an incredible pitch.
1: Yeah. I, full, full disclosure: We just had somebody fire us. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, I it, and it I wasn't go. because we did bad work but it was, it was a mismatch on how much work we were going to do. And I think that's mm-hmm. probably the biggest challenge yeah. is it's nice to not talk about ours, but if they think, and I'm not saying this is what they thought, but let's just say they thought, Oh, they're going to work on our project every single day. And then we ship a PR a week. Like that, that's, that's too far off where they're, 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 they're you know, if, if they, they entered into it based on one expectation and it's a different outcome, they're not happy, right? So I, I, I want to figure out how to dial that in more. Like we do talk on the website about delivering something of value every week because that's our focus and that's really our mm. promise. Um, it's still pretty vague though, you know, because like they're thinking, oh, at the end of the week, we'll get something of value, but I'm going to be seeing like draft PRs Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so on. And that that's not how we work because it's just mm. context switching is no good. And so there may be a week within a given month because we have more than one client, right? Where we do more for one client than another. And the next week, maybe it's different. And, and so it's gonna ebb and flow. But if the expectation is like, you're a contractor shipping something every day, that then it's too much pressure for us. And we, we just can't do it effectively.
2: Yeah. I think um, when I was at Titan, this was, we had like weekly check-ins with clients, right? And this was just sort of like the rhythm of Titan was mm-hmm. like every client gets, gets a, a week, a day a week, where they like, we have an internal check-in first, where we're like, "How's everyone doing? What do we have? Let's get all the PRs merged. Let's get everything ship shape, so that like we can kind of show the client our current status." And then we'd have like a twenty-minute call with the client, where we say like, "Here's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Here's some stuff. Let me demo this for you. Blah blah blah. All right, good to go. Right." And uh, it was real chill. Um, the uh, but you're right. It's like the them watching things happen throughout the rest of the week is where the problems right. come. And so we actually had a client who we work. There's there's a client called uh, Your Store who we've mentioned many times, um, and they're cool. Um, and they uh, we've gone through like every pricing model with them so far, <laughs> right? <Nice>. Like <laughs> that's we, true. Uh, it is yeah. So when we started, it was just this is pre thunk. It was just they were my client well they were begs's client first he hmm. gave them to me um but uh we still looked at the git were...
0: blame and we're like jason begs
2: whatever yeah <laughs> um but yeah then then it was me and so i was just like doing hourly for them right then like they have a big hairy code base um and so like things take a long time and so uh they were like you know they haven't like hired a lot of programmers right and so they were like Uh, could you guys just do, like, projects for us? And I was Hmm. like, yeah, probably, sure, let's try it. Um, So we did it. So, like, we had a project that was, like, implement Stripe. You know, Stripe implementation for this thing. It was pretty well-defined, and, you know, you do it. Um, And so we did a few of those. It was actually fine. (laughs) The real problem was renegotiating over and over. Right. The problem was that at the end of every project, we had to get
0: them to sign off on the next project. We never got like hammered on one project though. Like it never was like, Oh no, we're losing money. It was like more like, I think we're tired. 50 bucks on one. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) We, but like (laughs) the, the real problem that we felt was like, I don't want to go back to them every month and be like, we finished a project. Please sign another contract so that we can be sure that we have work. Like that's a, that's a crazy making position to be in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Especially if they're shorter, you know, one or two month projects. I I didn't like it when we were doing like six to nine month projects, but if if it's even shorter then yeah, it's It's hard to plan.
2: It was like three weeks to six. Okay. Yeah. Tiny project. And like we would, you know, we'd be cycling them and signing multiple at a time and stuff, but it was like, it was stupid. Uh, I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, And so then we would, we eventually were like, Hey, uh, do you guys just want to pay us? like what you're going to pay, us what you're comfortable paying us a week. Mm-hmm. Right. And then like, we'll tell you what you get for that. Like hours wise, right. At our hourly rate. And so that's where we're at now. Okay. Um, and you know, they have to tell us like a month before they cancel or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we know, we know what our situation is. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, that's been going for a while and now we're like super embedded over there and we're kind of like, we do all their, PM stuff John runs all the like tickets ticket writing stuff going on over there and like so everything's like we're super embedded in their dev team yeah um and uh it's like we're shifting people on and off of the project at various times and we're trying to figure out like do we still need to be doing as much PM work as we're doing and like so it's kind of we've just sort of like said like everything we do, whether it's PM or dev or whatever is like the same type of hour. Right. And like our hourly rate is our hourly rate, regardless Mm -hmm. of like who's doing it for what reason. Um, but like we're starting to move away from like, we don't like hourly rates. We don't like saying hourly stuff. We'd rather sell you a dev week (laughs) and a dev week is a dev for a week. Right. Yeah. And like that's full time. They're going to take lunch breaks you know they're gonna uh come to internal meetings and work on open source Mm -hmm. and work on your project the rest of the time you know um and so that's something that we're trying to like shape internally like what that looks like to sell because i kind of like the thing you were saying is like it's nice to not talk about hours (laughs) right like eventually you got to talk about hours right so like i i'm comfortable like i don't think i have like the the cojones to just say like give me this money, you'll find out whether or not you like what we provide. Right? You know, like that's scary to me yeah. to just like go go in a sales call and be like, well, why don't, up front, I'm gonna tell you it costs this much, I'm not gonna tell you what it is that you're getting. Oh, and you know? we
1: bill up front too. And we bill <laughs> So you pay us 100% up front. Yeah, it is, like it is much easier in, in a situation to sell that to somebody you're already working with and have a relationship with. It is tougher with somebody new, but like a podcast like this or a conference talk, like there there are like other signals where they'll kind of know. All right, at least technically, I know this person probably knows what they're doing. But then yeah. there's still the question of like, well, how how fast are they, right? How how yeah, much am yeah. I going to get in the month? So, yeah. that that is the the hardest part to to pin down. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Do you guys, do projects only with companies with dev teams or do you have like the non-technical business that hires you to just like build and run everything
2: um we this meeting has been upgraded by the host and now has unlimited minutes um yay. you guys about to heard
0: me get real quiet for three minutes <laughs> that's awesome
2: um no so right now well with the except so there was that one client who we actually mentioned that was like the, the one that was like a hard scope and then they would kept wanting more and more and more hmm. and now they're shifted onto hourly to deal okay. with that. they don't have developers. Everyone else does right John Yeah um, yeah no no mm,
0: glitch secure kind of well I'd said BW right
2: Oh has BW no- has no
0: developers has nothing. So That's true yeah and in fact that's true. yeah in fact, we have recently n- nothing real has come out of this yet but we have gone around to some people who know a lot of businesses specifically with the pitch like we are a great hire Mm. if you don't make software at all yet Um, okay and so like people building internal tools uh people who like need to build an e-commerce site but they've you know they don't they don't have any developers they're not going to build hire any full-time developers because part of the pitch is like uh you can hire us and fire us at will, but Mm -hmm. also you don't, you don't understand yet how many tricky product problems are going to come up and how many decisions you're going to have to make along the way. And so you really, if you don't have an existing dev team, you're going to need a dev team. Who's very product minded.
1: Yeah. uh, The reason I ask is because we've noticed like we we have two customer profiles, right? There's the the Laravel dev team that needs help, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's who our landing page at No Compromises is all targeted at. But really? then we have these other clients that are the non-technical business guy. And, and maybe they even have an app and like their last developer left or they're unhappy with them and we're taking it over. But like, we're not working with the team, we are the team. Yeah, And they're very different profiles. Mm-hmm. And I've actually, I this is gonna sound weird. It's like way easier to make those non-tech business people happier mainly because oh, yeah. their last devs were probably bad. <laughs> like I, like the bar is so low. Like if you just yeah. answer emails and like do what you say you're going to do, they're just thrilled and they think you're the best. We the,
0: strongly the, would prefer to go with those. And also yeah. like, we, we think we can provide outsized value there. And yeah. also like, if you're rebuilding a new thing or like building something from scratch, it is so much easier than like jumping into like a Laravel code base that is like in trouble.
1: <laughs> oh boy, yeah, <laughs> I've been there. I'm, I'm in there right now. Especially,
2: um, especially like you know, if the if the trouble is still
1: there. Yes, the people who make the trouble. That's right. You know. it's, it's really bad if the person who caused the trouble is also paying you to like fix it because they do it's like i don't know do i say i've had
2: dude i've had clients (laughs) who are absolute like just i disagree with everything they do (laughs) you know and this is none of our current clients but i've had these clients who just like the decisions they make are like just i i can't and like (laughs) it's just feels so bad to be like is what you want like do you want to pay me to just come in here and like complain at you about your decisions or like undo your That's decisions right. yep. or do you want me to come in here and do worse work than I normally do Ugh. to align with your decisions? Like, None of
0: those sound good. It sounds yeah.
1: awful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, inter- I think I interrupted you a minute
1: ago, Joel. Were you about to say something there? Well, uh, no, I was, I was just, because the, the, in fact, this one customer that ended up firing us, hmm. um, they were, a, they were a dev team. And they were super organized. Like we Mm -hmm. we inherit a lot of bad projects. Like these guys had rector and PHP stand level whatever and CI and Docker images and just like everything was so good. It almost it well, it did. It made it harder for us to come in on month one and just like make a ton of stuff better. And I'm really torn because I like working in the project, yeah, but it's a lot harder <laughs> yes, it's a lot harder to provide that value because like That's the fun. other project that we might join their migrations don't even run like oh, we can join the project and we're we're not going to tolerate that right We'll fix yeah. that day one, and it's easy to fix, but they just never fixed it because they didn't know they could or should. So, so Can I
2: interest you in a project where you fix it day one, and then you also fix it on day three, and then you also <laughs> fix it on day
1: six? And I all... I'm I familiar with that project. Yes, I've been on that project. Like, hmm, I could
0: have sworn these migrations ran yesterday. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, that is that's no good.
0: Um, okay, well, so I want to get into a little bit of like what Daniel and I were thinking, and okay. hear your feedback on it. Yeah, um, because there, there's one other problem in here that we haven't talked about yet, which is another problem that our pricing model needs to solve, Um, uh, which is we want to, like, as a company, we wanna have 20% time. Um, And if we can compromise it 10% time in the short run, fine. But the idea is, like, we want it, no (laughs) compromises, Uh, but, like, the idea just being, you know, if this is a place that employs people, and also just for Daniel and me, uh, personally we want to be a place that where like people are like building open source building cool tools working on things that are not client work
1: mm-hmm. we think
0: people there's a whole ton of reasons we could talk about why that's good we think it's good we want to do it okay so the thing that part of what's like really tricky is like we currently work with subcontractors okay. uh, who are like not full-time employees and we like ran into this a couple times where like it was like hey uh like, Jacob, for your 20% time, why don't you work on the verb stocks? You'd be really good at that. You're a great writer, and you know a lot about verbs. And I, like, sent Daniel a DM, and I was like, are we paying Jacob Hourly to work on verb stocks? Like, uh, I could... hmm, Yeah, I could see it. It's just sort of like, it's a pretty expensive way to write the verb stocks, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) When you could just do it. (laughs) Uh, So, like, We ran into that where like I felt this real resistance to like doing 20% time because I'm like everything's hourly and I Mm -hmm. know what the hourly rates are for everyone. Like, I don't know. It makes me feel really uncomfortable, you know? So, okay. So that's like one more kind of like load bearing wall in this, in this structure. So what we started talking about was like, what, how do we do pricing that bakes in 20% time in a way that like, we're not like, if someone wants to like, ask us a bunch of questions about our pricing model, we're happy to talk about it. But like, we don't have to like talk about it in that way. And we don't have to talk about it uh, in terms of hours because we've been trying to get further and further away from talking about hourly rates. Um, And so what we have realized that we're basically actually kind of starting to do with your store, for example, is like, I don't even know if our contract specifies a number of hours um but like we're basically with with uh your store it's like they get like 34 hours something around 34 hours a week um so basically like that would be kind of like what we'd call like a developer week Mm -hmm. which has baked into it 20 percent time um and so then 10 percent time 10 10 yeah right yeah 10 percent time something like that (laughs) yeah um but uh so it's, it got us thinking about like, what if you could sell like um, a developer month, which you could break down and divide into hours if you wanted to. Uh, But like, we don't, we just call it a developer month Uh, or you could have a developer week or developer day. Um, And each of those basically like has in our minds baked into it 20% time. Um, And the, we don't really talk about hours or scope of work. We just say, if you want to have essentially one full-time person here every week and you want to pay for that, like we'll decide who does those hours. Cause it's like Mm -hmm. not probably just going to be one person. It's probably like in a lot, like what we're doing right now is like, it's probably going to be a hybrid of like about half Jacob, about half Josh and some Daniel and maybe a little me, but like, that's what, that composite human will look like. Um, But then it's like, we're not really talking about hours. We're not going to tell you exactly, you know, uh, like when we're working on each part of that. We'll show up for meetings, we'll deliver. And every week you'll see something really good. Um, And if somebody wants to drive all the way down and say, I don't really want to do that kind of commitment. I want to go like down to hours. We basically have our hourly rate at a, like a very high level, like even more than we used to, like significantly more than we used to ask for. This is the theory. We haven't started doing this yet. Okay. Um, but basically it's like, if you like do the mental math of the hourly rate, obviously that the hourly rate gets like lower and lower the larger commitment you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the hourly rate gets higher the smaller commitment you do. And so all the way down to like, someone's like, well, I don't want to do a developer day. I don't want to do a developer week. I'm not interested in that. I just want to do hourly. We're like, okay, that's like super expensive. You can do it. We'll do it. Um, But, like, really the main thing that we do is we give you a developer out a day, developer week, developer month, and, uh, like, you get what you get. Nobody ever fires us. You won't be disappointed with how much work you get done. But, like, we're not doing timesheets. We're not going to, like, specify a lot about what a developer week is.
1: You'll Mm -hmm. get in there and you'll see it, and you're going to be happy with it because everyone always is. Do you so in in this hypothetical model your subcontractor though you're still paying them hourly for every hour they work whether it's actually on the client project or on something internal yep yeah that would that's the idea
2: it 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 would be the same like assuming we assuming they were full-time employees and they had a fixed salary Mm -hmm. and we didn't allow them to work overtime which would be my policy um it's this it's works
1: out basically the same right it's just a question of who's paying what what, when the taxes get paid you know so the thing that makes it different than if you just did that right now is it's kind of baked into the price of what your client is paying you so it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like it's coming out of your pocket directly to pay them right okay yeah and
0: and and also i think it gets us out of the hourly conversation sure partly also because like with with like uh like part of the other hard thing when we were talking about like, hey, should Jacob Reddit the verbs docs on his, you know, 10% time or whatever, I was sort of like, yeah, but now we need to make up those four hours. Like those four <laughs> hours have to come from somewhere, That's right? Great. But it's like, the reality is if we weren't talking about hours, uh, as soon as I said that I was like, you know, if we have hours in a contract, we're gonna do the hours. But the reality is that like the client is, that client is very happy with what they're getting. And so mm-hmm. it's like, right. if if we weren't talking about hours, we would be like, well, we just need to make sure we're just like continuing to deliver a ton of value. Uh, who really cares about the hours, right? Yeah. Like, so, but if we but if we specify hours, if we make everything about hours in our contract, we have to right. be honest, brokers, right? Sure, yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah, because if you're right, if you're selling it by the week, and and, and so would, would there be any? You'd probably have some sort of like not scope, but like some idea what you're going to work on that week. Mm-hmm. The, the reason I say this is because, like, let, let's say, oh, this week we want to get done these three things. Like, hypothetically, if you blast through those three things by Wednesday, everybody's happy, right? And now it's mm-hmm. not, like, a fixed number of hours, even internally that you're tracking. You're, you're kind of gauging it more against outcomes. Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, and I think, like, I think the – the thing about the like dropping down to hours becoming very expensive is like if you're gonna make me think about hours. <laughs> right. Right <clears throat> like yeah. like I don't wanna be thinking about hours. Hours are painful. Mm-hmm. But if you're gonna make me do it, um, you're at least going to like pay enough money that I can pay this guy for his twenty percent time hours yep. and not feel bad about it. Yeah. Right? Like and not feel like I'm like losing money in the deal somehow, even though I'm not. Um but well, uh, it,
0: that actually raises another point though. Like Daniel, one thing I one thing I forgot to mention there was like the context switching part of this too, is that this this dovetails with another thing that we've been talking a lot about on the podcast and just a lot internally recently is trying to organize our days so that we are like um like if if the lowest reasonable unit that we sell is a developer day, mm-hmm. then there's basically like, we could theoretically get away from context switching um, because you could make that an actual day. Um, And right now, like today we got into like calendar hell, um, (laughs) which caused us to move this meeting multiple times. Sorry again. Uh, But it was because like each of us is like doing things on three different clients today, which is insanity. So that's the other part of it is that, um, like we have a client right now who's like paying for six hours a week and we're like what if we could just nudge them up to a developer day and then that way like we could say like tuesday is the day they get from daniel no one interrupts daniel on tuesdays tuesday so that it helps clarify a lot of like context switching stuff as well i think
1: yeah I, I think that's huge because that's honestly that is the biggest pain we're feeling right now with with the subscription model as it grows and and you get more clients and like you're oh you're really excited on the first of the month when every everyone's credit card gets hit but now you're right now you got to juggle between five six more clients and it's it's just it's not it doesn't produce as good of work and it certainly doesn't feel as good as the developer you know to to go just all in on something even for one whole day like you're talking about feels a lot better if it's even longer like a few days that's that's even better in my opinion yep. so I think it's important to factor that in because I, I am feeling the hurt of that right now we're, we're trying to figure out what to do about so it so do
2: you have so many that you can't break it down by day or is it just not currently broken down by day like between mm-hmm. the two of you could you break it down by day Daniel's we trying tried. to get the inside scoop on the numbers <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no. I mean, we <laughs> we kidding. did the math yeah. internally. I think we could break everything down by day. Yeah, yeah. Right? But especially between it,
1: the two of us, we we certainly could make that work.
2: Yeah, and like that's I, to me, like that's the. I think that might be the like the rule we're driving towards mm-hmm. is that like just there's never like a partial day of anything. Yeah, you know, you just always look. You know, I could be subjected to many indignities, but <laughs> a partial day
0: of, of <laughs> that's too of, much programming is too much you know like let me just sit down and work on your thing and what's funny is what we've uh this i'm actually like kind of proud of this that like the we have done a good job of like creating a good environment for jacob and josh because uh the what march and the you know time afterwards is going to look like is jacob and josh will both be full-time split between two clients. And they will have every opportunity to do that. Like all they have to think about is like two clients and they can split it up how they want. And they can like pair a lot. And like that we, I like, I feel like we've created junior, Josh is very senior. Like the two of them can help each other, you know? Yeah. So like, that's like, we feel great about that. The problem is our own time. Um, And actually Like I'm, I'm in a situation. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Right now. Like my situation is actually about to get solved because I've been, I'm doing a ton of product work right now. And then also I'm writing some code and like, it's bad. Like, it's not like I ended up writing a bunch of code this weekend because I'm like trying to like sprinkle in a little bit of like developer time in between a bunch of hard product meetings. I'm like, no No. fucking way. This isn't happening. Like, yeah. And so, I ended up like you know getting focused on Saturday afternoon. I like didn't go to dinner with my girlfriend cuz I was like I'm going to stay home and like focus on this like understanding this component and I I did solve a problem because I like didn't do anything else that day. But it's like yeah. I can't do that during the week. So anyway, that's going to go away and I'm going to go back to just like straight product stuff which is going to be fine. The thing I'm actually worried about is Daniel because Daniel is now like doing a little bit of work on every client. And also like there's a client who's at six hours. There's going to be like another client who's at six hours and there's someone else who's talking about like five hours a month. And I'm like, this could get bad for you. I feel like, yeah, just, just um, out of
1: curiosity, why, why would you even take the client that's five hours a month? Is it because you have a good relationship with them or is something bigger, no, coming? it's a, it's a theory. Okay. <laughs> There's a theory
2: I'm testing. Well, okay. Maybe we have maybe we have better theories now. I don't know. That might be true. I had a theory that it would be cool to go to a bunch of uh, developer is the client SaaS companies. Okay. That have to maintain a Laravel package, hmm. but aren't Laravel developers, um, and say let it pay us to own and maintain your Laravel. Oh, package.
1: like a Sentry or. You know, something exactly. like that. Yeah, where they... something like that. Okay.
2: And be like, hmm. look, you have to have, like, github.com slash century slash century Laravel. Yeah. Like, we write Laravel packages. We idiomatically understand Laravel. Yeah, you we know, don't. the
1: ecosystem.
2: Yeah. And, like, we can do a better job of it than you can. Okay. Plus, like, do you really want to have, like oh we have this one developer who kind of knows enough php to be like maintaining the you know like we've all seen this. those sdks yeah 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 you don't want this so like just let us do it so that's the theory is that okay. like, it would be cool to like build a stable of yeah. these projects and then just like work on them you know when there's a laravel update we have to like sit down and do a bunch of them but most of the rest of the time it's just like look at issues and prs
1: and it's pretty mm-hmm. chill yeah Oh, okay. That that makes sense. And I, I I knew a guy who did that in the Elixir world, and I think it actually led to him getting hired by one of these companies. But nice. it, it, that's I I've not really seriously considered that, but I I could see the the appeal of that. So it's not it's not just it it because there's all, almost a little bit of a marketing angle to that too, right? Or like a credibility angle. Like right. we uh-huh. build this package that you're using, even though somebody else is paying us to do it for you.
0: Right, right, exactly. Right. Um,
2: um yeah and I think so the way that we structured the pitch was like uh it's like a retainer 5 mm-hmm. hours a month but you and it rolls over up to 10 okay so like it caps at 10 so you keep paying us even if you're not using the hours but you know whatever so it's mostly to like prove out a theory I don't know if it's a good idea but
0: it's an idea yeah you know I think yeah. it's worth an and experiment now it's kind of a
1: low risk experiment yeah.
0: right yeah um the part of it is like it's like initially Daniel's on the hook to do it. I guess part of that is getting loosened up by the fact that like we have Josh around, we have another senior person around now. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. But uh, I think like, yeah, I I think that the other, the solution to the other thing is like, if we have two people who like us and they're happy with us and they're at six hours at our, at an hourly rate that we like, it's like very reasonable that we could just have the discussion with them about like, let's push to a developer day. Um, And, um, I think that's like, I think that's pretty reasonable, uh, and, and
1: yeah. I, the other advantage I see in, in structuring around days and weeks, e- even if you don't say hours, it's like easier for them in their head to connect it to hours versus what we're doing where it's like, hey, here's a month. Right. Cause like the, yeah. the range could be wild in terms of how many hours we do in the month mm-hmm. versus what they expect. Um, also months all have different numbers of days in them, whereas weeks always have the same number. Right? That's right. I'm charging <laughs> more for this leap year. Yeah. <laughs> um so it 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 feels like it's more familiar to the client and therefore it would be easier to sell because that that's another challenge we have with the subscription is just getting over that hurdle and and so you're sidestepping it and still not talking about hours but you actually are moving away from hours so I I think there's something to that you know it, it tells the context switching thing the the challenge is there but also decouples you from hours a day might be a little less than a week but um you know a little more tightly married to the hours than a week would be
0: yeah yeah
2: but yeah i think just built into the way we talk about it has to be like our developers are whole people right like mm-hmm. they take lunch every yeah. once in a while they have to like pick their kid up and bring them home that's from right. school. like you know they have they have to like be a human being um just like any full-time employee you hired would be yeah um but like on balance they're working on your thing full-time during that day yeah you know
1: do you have any, any support challenges like on the four days a week where you're not working on the project do things come up where they they actually need your help or is with the dev teams they just they manage their production environment and anything could wait a week
2: uh, most things we would, I mean, I have, I have had to jump into an emergency for okay. somebody before, but it's like, again, it's like in the same way that like, if you had a full time person and they were not currently at work, but the productions sort are of blew up, they probably would hop on and fix it for sure. you. Yeah, like, it's we'll rare. Probably hop on and fix it for yeah. you if, yeah. if it's a I real, think real, the, real emergency.
0: The more the the real version of that that we do face is that um, I think part of why some people hire us is because like they want access to daniel honestly and like the like the ability to like in a slack channel channel be like hey daniel can you pair is like right that's nice it's a really nice thing uh, i take it for granted because i can do it all the time but like people like that and mm-hmm. like um so it's less i think like oh no something went catastrophically wrong and yeah. more like it's Tuesday at two, I'm semi blocked and I'd love to get Daniel's feedback on something. Yeah. If, if there's sort of like, if we, if theoretically it was just like open season, hit up Daniel whenever you want and he will jump on with you. That would be hell. Um, so I think the, I think the nice thing about the developer day, developer week, whatever thing is like to be able to set expectations of like, look, Tuesday is Daniel's your store day and he will be around for that. And that's his whole day. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, book book any time in the afternoon, and he'll be there. Um, I think there is like a world
2: where we could say that, like, I have some sort of like daily office hours, mm. you know, yeah. where it's like, hey, from like four to five at the end of this, at the end of everyone else's day, <laughs> my day goes later. But like, <laughs> from four to five, like, if you if you want me to look at something for five minutes, like, I'm down. You know, like I'm just around. I'm in a tuple call. You can just hop in and be like, show me some stuff. Another client might hop in at some point. So like, watch out. But like, yeah, these are office hours. This is where I'm just like helping random people with random things, you know?
1: Yeah. So there's still some structure to the interruption. It's happening in in a time that you set aside for interruptions.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I can like wrap up office hours and then like go say hi to my wife as she's coming home and then mm-hmm. like hang out for a second and then come back and do my night shift. Nice.
0: Yeah. I'm like... into it. Um so we're going to start office trying it. I think like um we have like some numbers that are that we're 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 toying around with that we're going to we're going to see what people see how people react. Um I quoted basically our most recent thing at, they wanted basically like something around twenty hours a week, and okay. I like told them our weekly rate, and they didn't. You know, they they were like, okay, and then they sent over a contract for twenty hours a week, <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, hmm, yeah, interesting. Like I gotta find some way to be like, I mean, it was fine. I ended up signing. You have to it be like... the ones sending over the contract, right? Mm-hmm. That's and like, problem. yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. We can't wait for them to send over a contract, right? Uh, but then, like you know, I was like, "Do I get into a like conversation with them about like, well, actually, here's our daily rate, and you can send me a contract for two point five of those." <laughs> but um, yeah, it ended up. It's like whatever. But yeah, we'll see. So yeah, that, that may not even been
1: intentional that they did that, right? It's just like right. that. That's their default operating mode. It's not, you right. know, it's not a negotiation tactic. So yeah, yeah. do you, do you guys? Bill in arrears, or do you bill up front Then, like if if I sign up with you for a dev week, do, am I paying uh, at the end of the week or the start of the well, month? You, or? We're
2: usually we're usually taking a like a deposit up front that okay. works out to about a billing cycle.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. We actually so, haven't
2: really
0: been doing that, no. um, but um,
1: that's what I should. was what yeah. I was
2: doing back when I did the billing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's so it's because so much of our um a lot of our work recently has just been like stuff that has been around forever. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we haven't been doing that. I've been mostly billing at the end of the cycle. I bet a lot of them like, wouldn't really care if I did it at the beginning of the cycle, but we just haven't talked about it.
1: Well, it, I, I just think it further decouples from hours because like you wouldn't have to wait. Like if you're billing hourly, you kind of have to wait cause you don't know how many actual hours right. you're going to spend. Even if you intend to spend yeah a certain number, it, it could always be different. So mm-hmm. paying up front, I think, might might help with that perception. Yeah, and, and honestly, I've gotten some people, other contractors and freelancers, they're like, oh, I could never do that. I, I just started doing it one day and hardly mm-hmm. anybody pushes back. And, and the other yeah. kind of funny secret is if you're, if you're pitching something and you say 100% upfront and X thousand dollars, if they're going to push back, I'd rather have them push back on how much to pay upfront versus the amount of what I quoted, yeah. When we were yeah. doing like the value-based pricing, so it, it's it just it's like something you can negotiate on that isn't price. So
0: yeah, that's a good call. Um, yeah, it's. Um, I forgot what I was about to say. Yeah, it, it is funny. Also, just you know, we have like on our terms. You know, we give people 30, 30 days to pay, obviously. Okay. Um, and I am realizing if you wait, that to is the also end, a new innovation. I had fifteen. <laughs> Okay. Sounds like it just it's just slipping over there. It's <laughs> like a default from QuickBooks. No, but this is funny though because how those things we add up. It's to QuickBooks. That's what happens. So if you were doing, so think about it this way. This is what's crazy is that if you were, if you if you build up front, and uh, you only give them 15 days, that would mean that like from your first day of work, you basically like will be paid by the end of that period if you were billing every mm-hmm. two weeks. Whereas if you bill, what I'm doing right now is like billing after the fact and giving them 30 days. It could be six weeks before Mm -hmm. you're paid and like it's been fine like we're we don't like need the cash immediately but like it's it is funny because like right now i was like looking at it's like like we have like sixty two thousand dollars in outstanding invoices and like nobody ever pays late but i'm like yeah be nice to have that sixty two (laughs) thousand dollars yeah it'd be sure nicer than to not have it yeah yeah. all things always nicer to have it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, I have also heard horror stories about, I mean, I don't know if Joel if, or Daniel, if either of you have faced this, but people talk about, like, getting to the end of a huge project and, like, the customer just doesn't pay them. And you realize, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to, like, cost me $30,000 to sue them. Yeah. And you're like, oh, dude, dude if that
2: happens I, to us. I almost hired a Swedish lawyer one time. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I've I've not gotten burned that way, like just an unwillingness to pay, but I have had. um, It actually wasn't me directly, but a company I was working for. They one of their clients was a big global company, and they just had a policy change. Oh, everything's net one eighty now. And I'm like, what am I? What am I? A bank? Like you're asking for a loan for six months? Like that's just. But they were so big, they could be like, well, then we'll find another vendor to do it. So I. I pushed oh back on like I will not accept that. They ended up doing it, I guess, but but yeah, it's I've I've been fortunate with not getting burned. Same thing with like the refunds. Like we had the one request. Everyone's like, Oh, you can't do that. People are gonna hire you for three weeks and then just ask for a refund to get free work. Nobody's I I nobody's gonna John, do that.
2: this is our staffing, this is a solution to our staffing problem. We'll hire Joel. <laughs> oh no. It, and then we'll get I, a
1: refund. I walked right into this. <laughs> uh. Uh. Oh. Yeah. Then after,
0: after which we have to do it or like second or third time, we have to go in with like a fake mustache and pretend Sorry. to be somebody else. <laughs> Start spinning up we, shell companies. Uh, we're a company called Funk. <laughs> uh. um, well, this is, this is a common thing though. Like when you hear about like, uh, uh, I don't know, people just don't pay people yeah. and then they're like, sue us, see what happens. You know, uh. Uh, I, I don't want to get sued. And so I'm not going to name this company, but uh, <laughs> there's a, Uh, my sister is a musician my sister-in-law is a musician who plays these shows that like go in all these different sort of like uh like churches and cool little venues and like it's uh it's it's really cool and it's like run by a tech company um and the uh i was like how are you guys growing so fast because she's just like a contract musician and she was like oh the company is not paying the venues i was like what do you mean they're not paying the venues she's like there's like a thousand venues in new york and so they go to one and then they're late on payment and then they're late again on payment and eventually the venue sends a cease and desist letter and then they stop going to that venue and they go to another venue and like they've been ceased and desisted like a hundred times but like there's still 900 more venues and nobody has the money to sue them properly i was like that's crazy she also uh oh this is this is a different musician friend my uh who uh was like a backup singer on an snl performance with a very popular artist uh who just didn't pay them um and they were like and they like like what are oh what are you freelance musicians gonna sue like rca records Uh, it's like what This is the thing it's crazy yeah my one so
2: i in my contracts when i was freelance i had very aggressive late fees okay like incredibly aggressive it was 15 percent mm. compounding weekly okay um and it got <laughs> so you know someone was late and i you know they got a reminder before they were late and then they got a reminder when they were a week late and then they got a reminder when they were two weeks late and now they're three weeks late and they owe me like $4,000 in late fees. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, and they were like, well, before we pay this, can you please knock off these late fees? I was like, you pay me the principal, then we can have a conversation about the late fees. But yeah. we're not talking about the late fees until I have the principal. No. Um, and then they were like, well, these late fees are just like egregious. I was like, you know who never finds that out? is <laughs> the people
0: who pay me on time. Yeah, <laughs> the easy solution to that problem. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I know we've gone over, Joel. This is very generous and good. Uh, yeah. I, I'm very excited about this and I'm excited to try it out and
1: have you on again once we know whether or not it works. Yeah. Well, and I have to thank you. I think, John, you tweeted something about the switching your clients over to ACH because I, I, yeah. those Stripe fees are just they. like on one hand, it's I don't really care, but on the other hand, I'm like, that adds up, you know, over all the clients yeah. for a month and over a year. So I'm gonna try to do that for next month. So thank you. I
0: hit that, yeah, for anyone who didn't see my tweet, uh, I have an extremely popular Twitter account, so shame on you. That's right. uh, um, I didn't realize, it just like didn't occur to me that we had credit card open by default on our payment options on Bonsai and and QuickBooks, which like, it is nice to have it available on there, but I didn't really think about it. And my old, we did some work for my old boss and he like paid with credit card and then sent me a, a text and was like, you probably want to turn that off. So like, you don't give all your money to visa. And I was like, "Yeah, what? And I like, didn't even consider it. And I realized it's like, they were taking three to 4% yep. on every transaction. Yep. And so like, that was all of our company's revenue. And so at the new year, once I like looked at our year end financials, I was like, oh my goodness. I just switched it over to ACH for everyone, and everyone's like, "Yeah, we don't care. It's it, whatever. It takes the same amount of time to punch in an ACH number, yeah. and like it caps out the fee at like ten dollars or something. Right? Yeah, so it's a flat amount. It's just we lost we lost like thousands of dollars to credit card fees,
1: and then I switched it over. So uh, I refuse to do the we'll, math. So yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't want yeah. to know. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> never tell me the odds.
2: That's
1: right. Yeah, exactly, <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, well, it's yeah the other funny thing about the last last little note about when you were saying like you asked people for the um to pay up front and like no one cared uh the one funny thing that like i never really realized until i was at my last job and um i asked my manager for a raise and i was like man i always get like so nervous about money conversations and he was like it's not my money right i don't it's like yeah. I don't care like get it's like get your bag man like I don't like what do I care like I'm your manager I'm rooting for you but it's funny because I like realize it's like right if you're not like the owner of a company like it's not your money like what Mm-mm. do you they're like oh you you want upfront payment okay fine like I am totally indifferent to that you know yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. this is right. why we will never issue cards to anyone else <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> uh
2: yeah uh all right. all right hell yeah this has been a blast thank you joel been yeah. a long time coming now you're impaneled so uh it's amazing do i get some yeah. sort of
1: credential
0: oh uh, you we will need you'll, to make challenge coins you'll be something. hearing from our people on that okay good yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah all right cool very good all right peace y'all